Praise the Lord. The cry of the heart of the people of God. We need a word from the Lord. Just one word from the Lord that will remove all the doubt and cause the sun and cause the sun to shine. A word from the Lord will give peace of mind. And the redeemed ones of the Lord are privileged to say to the Father, Speak, Lord. Speak. Wherever you are this Lord's day, the word of the Lord is able to reach you right where you are. And the Father who loves you desire that even you as his dear precious child be able to receive the word that he has just for you today. The Lord is faithful. His mercies towards us endures. His mercy towards you endures. His mercy endures forever. Once again, the words of the chorus that we just listened to, and hopefully you were singing along as I was, we need a word from the Lord, a word from the Lord, just one word from the Lord that will remove all the doubts. You're experiencing doubts? Are you wrestling with concerns and issues? We pray today. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem as the word of God calls us to do. We pray for the leadership of our nation, decisions that are being made. We continue in prayer as a whole with regards to this pandemic, the divisions that have entered into homes and into communities of worship. There's ever a time for the church to pray as God's word instructs us to, praying that we, the body, as Christ Jesus did, he prayed to Father that we would be one just as he and the Father are one. We need to be together. And if prayer can't bring the people of God together, I don't know what else can. I'm encouraged that by God's grace, he has allowed us these 73 weeks to gather Monday through Friday. And we come into the virtual space Desiring of the Spirit of God to enable us to pray, to pray aright. For if we are going to give ourselves to prayer, we must avail foremost ourselves. And my brothers and sisters, the gaps that God has allowed you to be taking note of are gaps that he only can fill and longs to fill as you and I engage ourselves in what God has called us to. It's not by accident that you are alive in the land of the living. In a season such as this, God has so ordained it. You could not have been birthed earlier. 
You could not have exit prior to this very hour in which you live. Now we, by God's enabling, need to lay hold of that for which Father has laid hold of you. He has laid hold of you for a purpose. He has laid hold of me for a purpose. I pray that we would forget that which is behind and even the besetting sins that we, by God's grace, would lay them aside so that together we can run this race to which the Lord has called us to. Oh, bless his wonderful name. Faithful is he who has called us, and faithful is he to complete that which he has called us to. There's a word from the Lord today that I trust would encourage your heart and mine so that we would press in even the more after our God. I want to direct our attention this afternoon to the Word of God in the book of Romans, the fourth chapter, in reading in our hearing the first 12 verses. Familiar words, I'm sure you will find them indeed to be. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. Abram believed God and it was counted as righteousness. Verse 4. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one or to the one who does not work, but believe in him who justified the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also spake of the blessings of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man, the woman. Blessed is the person against whom the Lord will not count sin. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? For we say that fate was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was yet still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, 
so that righteousness would be counted to them as well. And to make him the father of the circumcised who are not only merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of fate that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Father Abraham, the one whom God had spoken to back in the day, the one whom God had declared that he would raise him up to be the father of a great nation. And the Bible lets us see that Abram, as he looked at the impossibility, humanly speaking, of what the Spirit of God was saying to him, Abraham responded with a resounding amen, if you would. Abraham agreed. Abraham accepted that God is able to do just that in and through him, even at such an old age. Abraham believed God, and his belief in God was counted unto him for righteousness. Righteousness did not originate through the activities of Abraham, but righteousness was accounted to him, was deposited, if you would, into his account, simply based on him believing God, believing God. And so here in this text of Romans, it's asking the question, what shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? Nothing was gained according to the flesh. For if Abraham was justified by works, he would have something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say as it pertains to Abraham? It says, Abraham believed God, Genesis 15 and 6, for your reference. He believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. That has not changed, my sisters and brothers. God would have you and me to believe him. And that's what I'm here to encourage us this day with regards to, with regards to the righteousness that seems to be so elusive because we have this tendency in the flesh to count our good days and to see how many of our good days may outnumber our bad days. We have this tendency to want to consider ourselves a good lad or a good gal because we have done everything just about right. Inasmuch as God is calling us to walk righteous before him, it is not by our works that justifies us as being righteous. God is going to bestow that unto us as we believe him. As we believe him, Abraham believed God and it was accounted for righteousness. And God would have you and me to do likewise. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift. It's not a gift when at the end of the pay period they give you a week's earnings or the end of a day for those that may be working on an hourly or a daily basis or those that work on a monthly basis. It's what's due to you. It is what you earned. 
So your works of righteousness and mine would be not a gift. It will be that which is due. But the scriptures lets us to understand that all of our righteousness before a holy God would be like pus infested rags. Yes, to the one who does not work, as verse 5 is showing us in the text, but the one who believes in him who justifies the ungodly. Who does he justify? God justifies the ungodly. He justifies you and me. We ungodly people, he has called unto himself and justified us and declares us to be righteous in him through Christ. He calls us to believe. Verse 6 says, Just as David also spake of the blessings of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from the works, God declare you and I righteous apart from our works. For too long, my sisters and brothers, you and I have allowed ourselves to be bogged down with wrestling, with besetting failures. I'm here this afternoon to say, cast it off because God who calls you looks upon you covered in the righteousness of his son. He sees you, hallelujah, as being complete in him through his son. My sisters and brothers, we need to let the enemy know that it's over. We have been declared righteous, hallelujah, righteous. And the lie of the enemy has caused many to be like a yo-yo up and down, uh, pressing on in the church for a few weeks, a few months, only to stumble in sin and feel as though they've got to start all over. My brothers and sisters, you didn't start in the first place. It is God who works in you both to will and to do. It is he who has called us out of darkness. When we were living as enemies of the cross, it is his love that drew us unto himself. It is he who has begun a good work in us. Oh, bless his wonderful name. The seventh verse worth reiterating again. It says, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. Do you see any in yourselves? Lawless deeds. The word of God is declaring you who can identify Lawless deeds in your life. I who can identify sinful deeds in my life. There's a blessing in God. And verse 8 says, blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman against whom the Lord will not count his sin, her sin. Blessed is the one. Oh, brothers and sisters, would you get up from where you have fallen and let's press on in God God know what he was saying when the scriptures reminds us that morning by morning new mercies God avails to you and me. The mercy of God on you today for us to clothe ourselves with so that we can run this race. Hallelujah. There is a lying devil who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's an accuser of the brethren. But my brothers and sisters, we ought to know what the Word of God is saying as it pertains to you, as it pertains to me. What the Word of God is saying as it pertains to the love of God that has been shed abroad in the lives of those who have come to faith. You have to know what the Word is saying so that your faith would be in the Word and not in your senses.
Is this blessing then only for the circumcised? Well, Paul, as you know, is writing to the church at Rome. It was the custom then as it is still now, where as a culture, as a people, the Jewish nation, the Israelites were instructed by God in the Old Testament to be circumcised. But aren't you encouraged that the circumcision that God seeks now is the circumcision of the heart? And as my mind goes back even to those who were of old circumcised, if I understand the medical procedure properly, I don't think there's any man on the earth who's capable of circumcising himself. It was another who had to do the act of circumcision. And I'm encouraged this afternoon to declare to you that the circumcision of the heart is not that which you will accomplish for yourself. It is the work of God in your life and mine as we veil ourselves he brings about the circumcision of the heart and so those of old who would have been a bit pompous over the fact that they were of Abraham and they were circumcised as God was bringing about this new covenant both Jew and Gentile as we've shared with you some weeks ago as we journey through Ephesian he broke down the middle wall of partition and Jew and Gentiles are now considered one in God through Christ and here the scriptures address it again yes is the blessing only then for those who are circumcised or also the uncircumcised for we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. Hallelujah. How then was it counted for him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? The scriptures is even trying to show us back then that even in Old Testament when circumcision was considered to be the norm among those who are going to respond to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The act of circumcision is not what brought about righteousness. For Abraham was declared righteous not based on his circumcision but based upon his belief in what God has said. And my sisters and brothers today, we have been stagnated for too long because we have not been able to give our attention to what God has said what he has said he stands ready to bring it to fruition in your life and through your life but many can't even engage with that coming into being because they're so often bugged down with the besetting sins oh people of God the Lord has delivered us we have no need being bound bless the name of the Lord he, Abraham, received this sign of circumcision as a seal. It was a seal of righteousness. It did not bring about righteousness, but it was a seal of what God already has accomplished. And the circumcision of our hearts is doing similar. He believed God. The purpose was to make him the father of all who would do what? Who would believe without being circumcised so that the righteousness would be counted to them as well. It is all about belief. Believing God. He wants you to believe Him. But how can we believe if we don't know what He is saying? And I'm believing God that there will be a paradigm shift in your life and in your home as it pertains not only to prayer, but as it pertains to the reading and the hearing of the Word of God. The devil doesn't mind how often 
we appear to give ourselves to pray. Because oftentimes what the people of God are praying is not in accordance to the will of God. Oftentimes what the people of God are praying is not prayer of faith. It is coming from that place of, of, of begging as opposed to knowing who we are and whose we are. The devil doesn't mind when such ones engage in prayer. But the prayer that you and I are called to engage in are prayers that are based upon what saith the word of God. This is what the word says and this is what I'm praying back to the Father. I don't need to be a scholar trying to figure out how to pray. I pray in accordance to what the word of God says. This is what it says as it pertains to me a man of God. This is what it says as it pertains to you a woman of God. These are the promises of God and all of God's promises are yea and amen. And so when we come to pray, we pray in accordance to his will. The 12th verse concluded, and to make Abraham the father of both the circumcised as well as the uncircumcised, walking in the footstep of faith, faith that our father Abraham had demonstrated before circumcision. Praise the name of the Lord. Can you say hallelujah right where you are? Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so many would be quick to say that I, I'm not where I need to be in God. I'm not, I'm not living. I'm not the righteous person that I ought be. And if you inquire a bit further why such a conclusion has been met, you and I would hear ourselves echoing, well, I failed here, and I failed there, and, and, and I displeased God there, and I displeased God beyond the place. But are you, are you grieving in heart and in spirit? Yes. Are you saddened by your sins and repentant? Yes. Well, then why are you still there? When we sin against God, the Word of God says, if you and I would confess our sins before God, too often we're confessing it to the devil. Too often we're confessing it and rehashing it to ourselves. Well, I messed up. Well, I sinned. I failed to pray. I failed to get up and do my devotion. I failed to fast when the Lord had called me to fast. I lied today on the job. You know, too often we rehash these things when what God would have you and me to engage in is talking to him. If we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and not only to forgive you and I, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we can get up from where we are and press on to the mark of the calling in Christ Jesus to which he is called you uh, there's a work to be done uh, but the church can't engage uh, if we are still trying uh, to find a righteous path uh, you and I in our own strength cannot it's Christ's righteousness the old saints had us singing I'm covered over with the robe of righteousness that Jesus gave to me 
I'm covered over with the precious blood of Jesus, and he lives in me. Oh, what a joy it is to know that my heavenly Father loves me so that he has given to me my Jesus, that when he looks upon me, he sees me not as I used to be, but he sees me in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We are in him, and we're going to live through him. If our theology or our understanding of God's word is erroneous, it's going to affect every step of our way on this journey. God has called us. He's called us into, into victorious living. He's called us to walk, to walk this life out by faith, not by sight.